this week on Young Nostalgia, Rocket Man, burning out his fears up hell alone. Let's take a look. Hello and welcome back to another fabulous week of the fabulous Young Nostalgia. I am awake. I am full of energy. We are here. We had the we hit the record button, and that didn't make any sense. Ben, how you doing today? I'm doing Big good. Guy. So it's good to see you're back there for a second. I thought uh, Elton John was actually in studio with us here. Wow, wow, that was impressive. Really? I, is that sarcasm I'm hearing right now? No, of course not. No. <laughs> You come across you come across very honest on the mic. I'm Nolan. As always, Ben is here, and we appreciate you guys so much for sticking around and tuning in. So episode 104 on the books today, we're going to be talking about our uh, look back at the biopic of Rocketman, and this has been on the books for a while. We finally had the opportunity to sit down, watch the movie, and get behind the mics to talk about our thoughts so i'm in front of my mic you're i'm behind my mic <laughs> am i doing it wrong the the, the mic is actually in me <laughs> <laughs> that's really the best way to pick up audio <laughs> straight from the source <laughs> and and it's my own trade secret of how i get it in there <laughs> ew sorry <laughs> Peanut butter is our friend. Anyway. <laughs> is, that a, is that a rectal mic? <laughs> I thought that's where you were going with see, that. See, it's it's like a it's like a it's a two in one, so it's a microphone, but also a thermometer. So in case I ever get sick, <laughs> you just have to check it. <laughs> it's perfect for the time that we're in. <laughs> All right, now, uh, maybe we should move on. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't even know what to say. Like I, I'm I'm for a loss of words yep. right now. Shows shows over, folks. <laughs> shows over, folks. <laughs> we appreciate you guys. So, do you have anything? I mean, life's okay. We apologize for the week off, but we're back. We've got we got a really new hot take by the end of the episode. We're excited to talk about um, at least. This is probably going to at least be six episodes. We have planned out six episodes for the future. Yes. Six. And maybe, if listeners are lucky, we'll actually stick to that commitment. Absolutely. <laughs> right. It's going to happen because because usually our topics don't come across until the day of. No. So now that we have the topics, I mean, it's it's it, it would be more lazy for us to keep the topics than trying to not do them. That's fair. That's valid. And you know, we're sense. always going to take the lazy, lazy way out. Right. So we're locked into those six shows. Much. <laughs> right. right. So really we're, we're, we're just, we're just freaking amazing. So bottom line. Yeah. That's the bottom line of all of this. That's the take. It's the main takeaway. Right. We are the podcast gods. <laughs> all right. Let's get into this. Talking about rocket man, our hot takes and our uh, cold breaks in the heat of the shakes did you feel that quake all right here we go (laughs) episode 104 (laughs) i'm all giddy 
All right, Ben, <laughs> why don't you kick us off with uh, your thoughts on Rocket Man? All right, so I don't know. As we were working through some of these show notes, I was definitely seeing the differences in Nolan and I's takeaway on this. So it appears that I, I kind of have a little bit more black and white of a uh, reflection on this movie, whereas Nolan's is kind of uh, a little bit muddier, more of a I, it, kind of the opposite of a critical examination of the movie. Right. It, it's it's interesting, especially like I even kind of got this vibe when we were texting yesterday after the movie. <laughs> um, it's like it, you did take a lot more critical route while me, it's like, oh, I love Elton John. Anything Elton John is amazing, whether it be a, you know, somewhat fictional, true to life movie or his music, you know, where mm-hmm. it's like I, I'm not I'm not going to try and pick this apart because it's Elton John and. I love Elton John. Yeah, and and you know that's that's part of how I'm torn on the movie as well because yes, Elton John is definitely one of the greatest musical minds ever at all, you know, really. And everything is fantastic. I always come back to listen to Elton John, but that being said, like I can't I don't have the mental capacity to not critique movies that I'm watching. <laughs> you right, know, even right. like my most favorite movies, I'm always, I'm just subconsciously looking for, I'm looking for scene to scene inconsistencies. I'm looking for kind of holes in the plot, you know, and I, I can't, it's a disease really. I can't not <laughs> look for that sort of thing. And therefore that's kind of what dominates my mind mm-hmm. uh, when I'm trying to take in a movie, even if it's for something like this, where I would preferably take like a more objective kind of. Uh, overall look at the movie i can't help but you know look at things like that so right and and i respect that don't don't get me wrong i (laughs) i do no you're just you're just uh passive aggressive about being grumpy about me (laughs) being kind of on the fence about the movie i see i see right right like i i say face on the podcast but then like once we're off and we're not talking to each other and i'm just like damn ben really pisses me off (laughs) he can't just be happy Uh, so I guess, uh, I guess I'll kind of start off with some of the stuff I really liked. Uh, uh, the first and foremost obvious one is Elton John. Anything Elton John is fantastic. Uh, Taron Egerton did a fantastic job. We can get into that a little bit later, his actual performance and his motivation behind the performance. Um, but absolutely phenomenal. They had him looking like Elton John. He acted like Elton John and he sang like Elton John. Like it, it, everything was perfect. Um, and one of the things that, another thing that I like, and you don't see it very often in movies, and when you do see it, it's not always done great, is how the entire movie, up until like the last 10 minutes or so, was a, actually based on a reflection of Elton John, a reflection that John was having on his life while sitting in an AA meeting. Right. Right. And everything was focused around that. It was all uh, several cut scenes. It would come back to the uh, AA meeting, I guess, in the quote unquote present time uh, that the movie was taking place. And they would use that to kind of uh, transition into the next almost uh, next phase of his life. 
I guess. Right. Um, right. And so they would, it wasn't just, you know, they didn't start with it and then bring, come back to it in the very end. They kind of keep, kept coming back to it every time there was a major transition and kind of like they used it almost like he was making a breakthrough in that group therapy kind of session. Right. 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 Because like, you know, a certain part that kind of influenced the way Elton John and who he was would come to fruition. Then they jump back to the like rehab meeting and then, you know, the the counselor or something like that would like ask a question, which would then start the next piece of the journey of Elton's life. Right. Yeah. Just they, they did that at pretty much all the big milestones of like, where does if you think to someone talking about the problems in their life, you know, they did it. Uh, with his father, they did it with his when he's talking about his mother. They did it when he was talking about uh, his his first his first discovering that uh, he was gay. Um, right. So I thought that was that was really good. Uh, moving forward a little bit, all my stuff I put in here were in kind of a stream of consciousness, not really in any <laughs> order. Um, right. The I guess I'll skip down a little bit. The one of the big things that the movie focused on, I think they really did a really good job with is depicting how incredibly musically talented Elton John was. Uh, right. You know, they started off with, you know, describing how quickly he could just pick up the piano and just from memory play anything. Even at that really young age, he was, you know, uh, hearing a song on the radio and he immediately sat down and was kind of plinking away on the melody. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as they move forward, they started to show how easily he could take in the concept of uh, a piece with lyrics, uh, specifically from Bernie, and how quickly he could come up with the theme of the music and also uh, just straight up compose it pretty much from right off the top of his head, um, mm-hmm. which is absolutely fantastic. And of course, that leads us into. Uh, how amazing the team between Elton and Bernie actually was uh, being able to absolutely hammer out, hammer out music like they were a song factory. Right. You know, right. And that's something that we've talked about before uh, when we going back to episode 31, uh, which was kind of a, uh, I believe that was that a then and now. I, don't, it, I think it was a string of them or mainly just like string of highly specific topics of like, um, mm-hmm. popular figures, I think, because we did like Elton John, maybe Billy Joel, but then also Huey Lewis, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't remember. I definitely remember that. And so, you know, we talked about how quick, you know, at kind of their the height of their composing careers. This was, I believe it was a little bit before Elton was really, really huge. They were kind of pumping out songs and selling them. Uh, they went through a, another company where they were selling them. Uh, and they had it down to where they were pumping out like a song an hour. Um, right. At times where it basically was Bernie would just be just hammering out lyrics and immediately hand them over to Elton, who would just hammer out the music and boom, it'd be out the door. Right. And, and it's so interesting because in the in the movie... I mean, just the personalities of like Bernie and Elton are very different. You know, they mm-hmm. get along. They're amazing friends. But Bernie is like totally okay with being in the shadow. He's like, I write what I feel. 
and then Elton will put it out and then he'd be like the face of that kind of thing. Well, yeah. But sometimes, I, and it's weird because like a lot of the music even pertains to who Elton is though. Like the kind of life experiences, it's kind of nuts that Bernie was writing this, but Elton was experiencing it, if that makes sense. You know, it definitely does. Um, I'm sorry, I realized I was leaning away from the mic while I was talking. Oh, no. <laughs> um, you know, it definitely does. And going along with, Going, I guess, deeper into what you were saying about Bernie not really wanting to be, uh, he had, he was perfectly okay not being in the limelight, and at certain times he expressed that he wants nothing to do with that. Right. Like he right. was at at several points in their career, you know, it was kind of brought up like, hey, we need to maybe get you out there, have you on vocals, we'll have Elton playing piano blah, blah blah and he's like no 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 absolutely not so he didn't want any part of that all he wanted to do was have his creativity in the lyrics um and was 100 percent okay with you know even though they're his lyrics obviously elton's taking all the credit uh from you know media and production companies uh you know just because he's the one performing them and he was more than content with that relationship Right. And and do you feel that like this movie did a pretty good job like per- portraying their personalities? I did. I mean, I, I did because that's to the best of my knowledge, you know, based on research about their the individuals, it seems like how it was supposedly in real life. And that's what they showed in the movie. You know, it's Elton John right. is the one he was the performer. People weren't going, you know, to they talked that they talked about it in the movie. People weren't going to just you know, listen to songs, piano by Elton John and lyrics by Bernie, you know, they were going for the show. They were going to see Elton John perform. Right. And that was his outrageous personality. And Bernie, he just, he was, he liked being in the background and kind of putting in the work behind the scenes. And that's what he wanted to do. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's what they showed. And I thought that was pretty accurate. Right. And, And they just worked well together even just on a personal level where like bernie could see what uh this life was was doing to elton Mm -hmm. you know and he was like look we need to be able to take a break Mm -hmm. um but i feel like elton was just moving way too fast that he felt more abandoned by bernie saying hey man we can stop this if we want to like we can slow down Right. So it it was just an interesting take for well, sure. And yeah, and they definitely sh- showed that uh, you know, because of his background work, he was uh much better suited for to have the clarity to kind of make that call uh right. more right. so than Elton who was in the thick of it, you know, with the right. alcohol and the drugs and the partying and and all that. Right. So <clears throat> It's kind of it's it was interesting how the movie portrayed kind of like this push and pull kind of mechanic where Bernie felt so bad for Elton, but was almost like I don't uh, I don't even know how to say it. What he felt helpless towards Elton, like I, I think a scene that comes to mind is when we're at Elton's mansion and then Elton's kind of in his room by himself where everybody's partying. Bernie comes in, it's like, oh, I'm gonna see my best friend. He can obviously tell that Elton is not in good shape, so he's like, we need to leave. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely remember that, um, and and it, that was shortly before Elton, you know, uh, decides to try to take his own life, uh, right. And 
and yeah, you could just you could see by the look on Bernie's face that it's like he he knew Elton was not doing great, and he knew that you know at this point in the progression of of Elton and Bernie, he 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 knew that there wasn't much he was going to do about it with his uh, kind of a known temper issues as well. Uh, right. You could kind of see the even though it was not spoken in the film, you could kind of see the thought process of we just need to get out of here before there's any issues. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I think there, you know, there's, you know, I'll say I'm on the fence about this movie, but I think, I mean, there was a ton of good stuff. All the, the plot stuff of the movie, I really liked. And I think moving more into some of my issues that I have. Let's do it. Uh, they're more based on the actual production of the movie. So, so kind of my main issues really were just, I wasn't a fan of what I call the trippy artsy scenes <laughs> for lack of a better word. Uh, I guess okay. for two examples that popped into my head first uh, were when he blasts off from the stage and lands on the plane. And this is, that's actually right before the conversation we were just talking about between him and Bernie, where they, uh, okay. Bernie wanted to take some time off and, and kind of clear their heads a little bit. Right. The second one is uh kind of the first one and this one i really because it was the first one that happened in the movie i was really thrown off by it um this would have been their first performance at the troubadour uh when he and the audience kind of hovered above the floor for uh, a short period of time and right like it's go ahead it's oh i was just gonna say it's interesting because like i i could bring in a lot of the points i i'm actually going to talk about on my side of things to like bring up discussion here. So I don't know if it would be good to just keep the discussion going so I can bring up my points now. No. Yeah. As in like, I'm like, like I'm saying I'd bring up my points now instead of waiting till my section. No, do it. Let's, let's do that. Okay. C- Cause I don't want to derail you. So go ahead and say what you said. Yeah. What you want to say? Well, no, I, that's, you know, it, it's what, the, what they were going for at those specific scenes. I 100% get it. I know exactly what they were doing, what they did. They did it well with what they did. I just, I'm not a fan of that type of movie, I suppose, that has, you know, if you're watching, it's a live action movie, but it's got elements of, I don't even know what to call it. It's like a, like fantasy kind of added in for for effect, fantasy for effect, I guess. Right. Right. And I'm just, makes sense. Not a huge fan of that really. And and like I said, I understand what they're going for when he blasts off from the stage and lands on the plane. I mean, this is kind of at, he's kind of reaching his peak of the hard partying, drug using, uh, you know, alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And they made it even better by when he landed on the plane. You know, it, it, this happens at several points in the movie where something crazy like that and he kind of floats off into his own world for a second. And then he, right. it's like he comes crashing down and almost wakes up and realizes like, how did I get here? I've been on such a bender that, Right. You know, right. I don't know where I am. And I, they did a good job with it. I just, that's, it's almost hard to describe what I don't like about it. It's just, it throws me off every time and I'm just not sure how I feel about it. And the same thing goes with the troubadour hovering above the floor. Like I get what they were doing. That was the first time he's ever realized his stage presence. You know, right. they were trying to depict, you know, that that feel that feeling that he had when he first was realizing his potential. And I get it. It's just, I don't know. It threw me off. 
Right. I get, I get that. And I, and I totally respect that. And so this has actually actually been my second viewing of the film. I saw it first in theaters and then going into it completely blind for the first time, I never really realized what all was like packed into this movie. And then you hear a lot of the words of musical fantasy or like, a, uh, right. I think that's kind of how they described it. It was like a musical fantasy. Mm -hmm. I think so. So, and, and I think those words very accurately depict what this film is. And it definitely did take me by surprise on how campy, some of it felt, especially like when he when he did do like the rocket out of out of the stage onto onto the plane. That one's not as good. Um, I did kind of appreciate the floating at the troubadour. So hear me out. So so this is like my second time viewing. I was starting to piece a little bit of this together. The rocket one makes sense just based on his um, life's going a million miles a minute, and he's not being able to pay attention to where he's at in a moment. Um, but the floating at the troubadour, I feel like, was the pinnacle of showing how captivating Elton was in people's lives. Like, that was the first time a large group of people like that were all on the same level when it came to listening to Elton's music. So you saw it kind of in the beginning where um, he started playing piano when he, when he was a kid in the movie and everyone in the house like stopped, like his grandma stopped, listened, they started to realize what was there. And then when Bernie and Elton moved back home and who, what song was, it? I think it might've been like Daniel or something like that. Uh, he wrote. Your, your song. Your song. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's one of my favorites. So Elton sit, it is dude. It's so good. So Bernie writes these lyrics just at the table during breakfast. And then here comes Elton, picks him up, sits down at the the piano. And then Bernie's upstairs going to like shave or something like that. And then the song comes together in Elton's head and he starts just playing these notes on the piano. And everybody in the house stops, you know, like people are captivated by what Elton is doing, what Elton is doing. And then you fast forward to the troubadour, all of these people, everything stops. He floats playing Crocodile Rock, when he comes back down, everybody is jiving the same way. There's nobody in that entire place that isn't singing along or on the same page as Elton. So that kind of like hit me the second time around where I'm like, the way that Elton performs and and the, the, the kind of music that Bernie and him make, make people come together in a way that probably hasn't really been felt. So that's kind of how I took it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I 100% agree. It's like, it's, I'm having a hard time putting into words my thoughts on it. That's, it's, I, the point that they were trying to put across by doing those types of scenes, I 100% get it. And they went, they did it very well. And you got the, I, you can just feel it in your soul the feeling they were trying to portray right the thing i have with it is just the they're they're dancing a fine line between a real life depiction of his life and like that fantasy that musical fantasy kind of thing and it's hard to have a clear like one between the other 
kind of thing. But but yes, right. I, and and you know what? Maybe my views will change. Maybe I watch it for a second time, and everything will click that much more. And maybe I will totally change my uh taint, change my perspective on it. Right, and and I'm not trying to like convince mm-hmm. you any otherwise. I w- I just wanted to say this is how I saw it the mm-hmm. second time. So yeah, and and I totally agree with you. You know, I get it. I totally get it because like when I first watched it, those kind of things when they came up, it almost like disconnected you from what was happening in the movie at the time. Yes, yes, because it was so weird. Yes, well, yeah, <laughs> but and that's exactly that's also, like, a perfect description of what I'm what I'm trying to describe is that it was almost. Okay. It was surprising and it was almost distracting. It kind of pulled me back out of like the suspension of disbelief right. kind of thing where it, I'm so sucked into the movie and then it kind of pops my head back out of it. I'm like, wait, wait, what? Right. And, right. and especially and especially being like fans of the music. So you're like, oh, yeah, you know what? This song's like really good. Then all of a sudden it slows down. The music stops and people are floating and you're like, but wait, that was a good song. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And so the more I'm thinking about it, the more I need to watch it again. And that stuff won't be as surprising. And it might be less distracting. And I'll focus more on the the thought process behind it rather than actually, you know, what I'm watching. Right. right. And, and I do think just the bottom line of this whole movie is like, it's a movie about Elton John. Mm-hmm. And, and I know he had a big hand in the movie itself. And so, like, once you, like, step back, you're like, I get it. Because Elton is also a weird guy. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if, like, like... If you think about like, it that way, anything off the wall, just, it does not... It's not surprising at that point. Right, right. And, like, <laughs> I, I feel I feel like Elton John literally sees his life as a musical fantasy. Like, that, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that is a funny. very good point. All right, what, what's, uh, what, what's the last thing here for us? Well, I was really just going to kind of talk about the rock opera slash musical aspect of the film, but I think that's pretty much what we've already been talking about. So, okay, kind of hit okay, that cool. last point. And we can slide right into your thought, your more detailed thoughts here. Ooh, slide. <laughs> like the cha- Should we do like, like the a- cha-cha slide? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> No, All please right. don't. No, <laughs> gets up and does it. <laughs> uh, all right. So, my thoughts here. So immediately, immediately, and you know what? A lot of this, like after I'm kind of reading through it, after talking with you, and this being your first time and my second time, I'm starting to realize how my thoughts are so much different because it's my second time. Where it's like before, it's it, it, I'm not taking the movie for what it is. I'm taking for what I see now, mm-hmm. right. I guess. So I feel like that's why my thoughts are a lot more not opinionated, but more of just thoughts and understandings of, oh, I get it now. So the first one that kind of captivated me throughout the whole uh, experience of the movie was actually how the music is slowed and puts a huge emphasis on the lyrics of songs throughout the entire movie. And and, and I also started drawing a lot of like comparing contrasting between Rocket Man and... Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody kind of like how they were different but also same a little bit Mm -hmm. but definitely different and so here I feel like Bohemian Rhapsody was really good but they took it as putting in queen songs at the right time in their career because they're queen songs but this is putting in Elton John songs because they're Elton John but also like where they fit in literally for his life experiences instead of like on an actual timeline. Yeah, it's more about where they fit in thematically rather than historically. 
Exactly. And yes. and that's why I think they've made lyrics so much more important where maybe you have the like the body, like the outline of the song itself, but maybe it's slowed down. Maybe it's not as intense. So in that way you hear the music, uh, the lyrics and kind of be like, okay, well, they played this song because he's going through this right now. So, and, and yeah. like a good example for that. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was All I was going to okay. do was agree with you. Okay. <laughs> a good example like that stuck out with me very at the very beginning was Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. So this is kind of happening where there's a jump from when Elton's a kid to when he kind of turns into like a teenager, starts having a little bit more built up like rock emotion, more rebellious. Mm-hmm. So they kind of start in a pub where he's able to be a little bit more free with his piano playing. And then they're in a, they're in like a fair or something. Things kind of get wild, but his dress changes, his demeanor changes and it's very much more like raw rock and roll and that song i just feel like is like hey if you feel it let go and just punch somebody because it's okay (laughs) yeah yeah so definitely that was a that whole montage of you know what's going on while they were kind of debuting that song in the movie definitely was a huge transitionary period in in elton john's life when he was kind of starting to fit into his groove as far as what his style was, what his musical style was. Um, right. Right. Kind of finding his career path all in that one sequence. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, another like great example of that. Well, it's kind of crazy because all of my points have pretty much been touched on at this point, just based on like talking (laughs) back and forth. But, uh, another good example of that, that you see continued throughout the whole film, but ramped up more as Elton's life kind of starts spiraling, uh, is yellow brick road. And it's kind of used symbolically to show like his recognition of his need for help Mm -hmm. as, as well as like it peaks when he finds redemption, when he goes into the rehab facility and he's like, I got over it. I'm doing this for myself because I know I need it. And then almost like the like there's better stuff at the end of the yellow brick road. So yeah, and they also kind of use that paired in there uh, was kind of his falling out and being reunited with Bernie as well. Right. They kind right. of paired that into that whole series of events, all based around based around uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Right. Absolutely. And and I think I think that's that's what I've appreciated more about this movie is uh putting a meaning of his life behind the music that he did. Yeah, exactly. And I think they when I first went back before they even, you know, there was even any advertisements for this movie at all. Uh, you know, we just had come in off of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, and I thought, oh, okay, this is going to be really cool. Uh, I had a, and, and you know, now that I'm thinking, I'm kind of thinking as I talk here, uh, maybe one of the reasons I was had a, was unsure about this movie is because I really expected it to follow more of a Bohemian Rhapsody pattern, where okay. they they yeah. did go step by step. Okay, they did. They did this. They did this because of this, and then they did this, and then they did this, right. and then they did this, and they followed their entire career progression. And I guess that's what I was kind of subconsciously expecting this movie to be as well. Um, okay. And it was definitely not, as you just, uh, you know, as you just went through. 
Um, and it was less about the timeline of his life and more about his, you know, ups and downs and how it affected his music and where he got a lot of, where they both got a lot of their inspiration for their songwriting. Um, right. and then they took those songs and fit them back, overlaid them back over his life to kind of, to make the plot of the movie. Um, which was, I mean, fantastic. That's a fantastic way to do it. it. Was of, you know, for an individual that puts so much heart into his music, uh, you know, I think looking back on how they did it was, it wouldn't have been as good if they had gone through it, you know, uh, timeline based. Exactly. It would have been more exactly. of a documentary, and it just would have would not have been as as good. Right, right, and uh, another another like point, almost like something that I am kind of drawing uh, similarities to is uh, between Bohemian Rhapsody and um, Rocket Man. I mean, even just their lives, where you see like a very manipulative person from the beginning of when they're just starting out and getting big or whatever that they feel comfortable with, but just backstabs them, like John Reed for Elton John. Mm-hmm. And then I can't remember who the other individual was for Freddie Mercury, but he was just a bad influence. Oh, Took advantage of him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, crap. I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name either, but they were both, they both had a, they both, they both had a, uh, a manager that they had a personal relationship with and it both, both in both cases, it ended poorly. Exactly. Um, exactly. And it kind of started it was kind of a driving force behind their life spiraling at that point. Right. And I thought that was, um, Paul, his name was Paul. Oh, okay. Yeah. If, if that makes any sense, but anyway, <laughs> his name was Paul. The Paul was the bad guy. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's an interesting kind of, uh, connection between the two artists. Um, and especially, since those people were such big hurdles for them in life. And uh, luckily, like, you know, it's nice that they were both able to get over it, realize it and get them out of there. But yeah, it's crazy how similar that was. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it it definitely had a, uh, they both had such a feeling of, wow, this person is going to be the greatest thing ever. They're going to, you right. know, good in personal life, personal relationship kind of way, and also a career way. They're like, oh, they're helping so much. We've made these great strides, and then it gets very quickly flipped around and and turned into, you know, a, a driving force behind their uh, reckless, self endangering lifestyle. Um, right. Yeah, that is definitely you know for all the differences that the, these two biopics had. Uh, that is definitely. Uh, a very strong similarity. Absolutely. That's cool. Uh, All right. So I think after the end of both of our points, I feel like we should uh, give it our honest rating and opinion. So we'll do a rating and then if you would recommend or not recommend, what do you think out of 10? What do you rate rocket man? Am I going first? Yeah, I'm going to give it Drum roll. <laughs> I'm going to give it a soft seven. Soft seven. And I say that because that's subject to change, I think. Okay. All right. And honestly, All I right. think before we even started talking about this, I probably would have given it like a six. 
but I'm already okay. starting to kind of change my mind a little bit. Nice. I should become a used car salesman. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you did good. You're, you're, I, I'm still on the fence about a few things, but I think after a rewatch, I think, I think my score might be bumping up a little bit. Right. So you do, you definitely would recommend, right? Yes, Especially yes. for anybody that just likes Elton John. I would absolutely recommend. I think it was worth watching. If nothing okay, else, it was, cool. you know, it, even if it wasn't Elton John, I think it was a good movie. You know, right. all the I might sound right. like a bummer and I was really negative about it, but I really <laughs> do think it was a good movie. Um, and so, yeah, so seven out of 10 subject to change and definitely would recommend. Awesome. Awesome. It. OK, it, <laughs> it it's weird because like I was also going to like give it a seven. So even though like in general, I think I liked it better than you just because I mean, in my second time and stuff like that. But yeah, I I think, I think it, it's, it's a seven in my book and, and I don't know why I it's, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't even know how to like say it. So because Bohemian Rhapsody came out first, the thing I liked about Bohemian Rhapsody is that they played the songs in in the way the songs are meant to be played, right? So yes, okay, with, I do with, feel with, you with on Rocket, that. right? With Rocket Man, it's like you get glimpses of Daniel or glimpses of your song, but then you don't hear it in its entirety. Where it's like, I love this song. Right. Obviously, I love this song, but you're not getting 45 seconds to like a minute and a half of like this amazing song. It's like the bare bones of it, mm-hmm. and then they just move on. Well, it's just and like, like well, <laughs> it's just like when you you've been hearing you're a really good song that you really love on the radio for years, and you sing along with it. You know every cue, you know every piece of the music behind the lyrics, you know everything, and then right. you come across like a, an earlier or a later album that has that same song and you're like, oh, awesome, really excited for it. Then you listen to it and you realize it's a different recording either earlier or later oh. and it's just not the same. And even though it's the same song, it's just not what you know and it doesn't sound right. So I, I think that's right. kind of where you're going with it. I, I Yeah, I agree. And it's like, I do like the movie. I recommend it absolutely. But I would watch Bohemian Rhapsody over Rocketman. But I like Rocketman because I love Elton John. It's still amazing music and very entertaining as a as a film. But if, if I had to choose a biopic as of right now, it would be Bohemian Rhapsody over Rocketman. But I would recommend it if you're a fan. So definitely watch. Yes, awesome. Yeah, and you know one and, thing, and, like, and I should have brought sorry. it up earlier, I suppose. Uh, one thing that I also, I'm thinking, I also really some of those songs, like I, okay, so don't get me wrong, I like the originals, I love the production of all Elton John's work, but some of the songs I really, really enjoyed without the music production behind them, like just piano and just the lyrics. Oh, okay. I thought that was pretty interesting. And obviously they kind of had to do it. You know, it's not like he's going to be composing an orchestra or whatever, you know, right. on the first round of a song. But right. some of them I really liked pretty much. It's like a, it's like uh, liking an unplugged version of a, a yeah. rock song or something. And I, it's I different and I really liked it. I get that. It's like uh, the, the one song that comes to my mind. I can't remember well, the name. I guess your, your song. It was 100%. 
yeah not that that song in real life has a big backing but it it was just piano and i i love it that way and it kicked off with him in the studio where he met rosanette for the first time right if i yeah yes and that was that was very 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 cool i'm with you there Mm -hmm. but to even go back to the same route as like changing up songs you know whether it be a different recording i'm usually not even a fan of covers of songs no usually not no absolutely yeah. not not a fan <laughs> no unless Which, you know i i respect musicians i respect musicians respecting other musicians to play their music and have a different artistic take covers are just not for me mm-hmm. nope i am i would agree with that and there's a few songs out there that i do like there some of those songs that they're such old songs where you don't and everybody's done them and it's hard to tell right. who the actual original was. Um, right. I'll give a little bit of leeway on that because everyone kind of does their own thing and it's in their own style. And I like that. Um, but even then, like the, the one person who really made it big on that one song, like they're still the best, you know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I 100% see where you're going with that. I'm not a cover cover person at all. Right. That's awesome. Well, let us know if you enjoy covers more than the original songs even or if you just enjoy covers in general give us an email at young nostalgia pod prove us wrong com. right 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 i i want a full i want a full 500 word essay on why we're wrong about covers <laughs> <laughs> take us back to college okay so rounding out the episode here um we're going to talk about our um pipe dream Pipe dream hope of a biopic in the future. What musician, what band do we want to see a movie made of for their history um, stuff? And then we'll ra- uh, actually end the episode with our um, special announcement for six episodes in the future. So, Ben, what is your pipe dream of a biopic? Who do you want to see on, on screen? Hmm... This is this is a tough one. I mean, there could be multiple. Don't don't get me wrong. It was funny. I I was thinking about this question last night watching the movie, and I was like, "This is something we're definitely going to talk about at the end of the episode." And then the only thing on my mind was like, "I bet the Grateful Dead would be <laughs> like an instant biopic for how, how many people? Like, how many times do we hear the Grateful Dead as like these crazy, amazing?" Like everyone enjoys it, everyone knows the Grateful Dead. Yeah, it seems like but you and I, are everyone like, except ah. us, right? <laughs> and right. I, I don't know how we missed the boat on that either, because it seems like the rest of the world is filled with nothing but deadheads, right? And right, it's like you know what? I couldn't even name a Grateful Dead song, like I, right? <laughs> um, you know what? I'll start off by saying one that I don't. I'll I'll start mine with. Someone I don't want to see a biopic on. Okay. Okay. And I'll honestly, I'm going to, I think I'm going to ruffle a lot of feathers with this one. I don't want to see a Beatles biopic. A Beatles. Oh man. That is not where I thought you were going to go. I don't, I don't want to see it. And I like the Beatles. Don't get me wrong. That's crazy. I just don't want to see it. I want to, I think. Right. It seems like the Beatles and each individual member is covered in, any sort of media a ton and it's like i just said i like the beatles but it's like i'm at the same time i'm just kind of tired of the beatles 
if that makes right. sense. I, I get that. I, I the, the thing is, is it's like, I feel like with a biopic, you have a very thin line that you have to ride. Yes. Right. You have to have someone big enough that people are going to one, know a little bit about them just off the bat, whether they watch the movie or not. And they're widely accepted as a huge major figure in music. Mm hmm. So it's it's a weird thin line of enough people know them and they made a big enough dent in music. So Yes. So I guess and, I'll and like it's crazy. Yeah. Because the Beatles would definitely make sense, but there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> that's what I was because I feel like if you mess up, people are not gonna be happy. No, that's where I was going with that. Like I, I Beatles are the obvious choice. And that's why I, that was my first thought. And then I'm like, you know what? I don't I just don't wanna I don't wanna see a Beatles biopic. But I will say I, I, that I respect that. I I won't say that I'll give a specific person that I want to see. I think I'll kind of cop out a little bit on that. But I will say I would like to see a little bit of a different genre. Um, okay. I think it would be really okay. interesting to see a an older uh, country type of biopic. Interesting. It seems like there's a lot of country artists who kind of have a storied sketchy past kind of thing maybe not sketchy that's not the right word but uh uh kind of a a deep backstory on their life i mean we have uh i think there's already been several movies about johnny cash um right but i'm thinking like a you know hank williams senior who kind of had some struggles in his life hank williams jr who had some struggles in his life i mean at top charts big name I feel like John Denver would be an interesting one. John Denver would be another great one. So that's kind of, I, I kind of like to see something off of, kind of off the beaten path. Uh, you know, still big names, but something different. I mean, obviously, right. uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, and, or uh, I'm sorry, Queen and Elton John had, obviously there are differences in music styles, but I think something totally out of left field would be refreshing to see. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm a fan. Um it's crazy. I was just racking in my head just bands that I, I thoroughly enjoy. But I, I feel like almost, I don't know, they, if, if I had to pick like a different genre to explore, right? Uh, Michael Jackson would be a good one. Oh, that would be a probably. fantastic one. How did I not think oh, of that? Yeah. Uh, like Nirvana might be a good one. I don't know necessarily how much can be like unpacked there. Yeah. But like maybe maybe even like Green Day would be kind of cool if you're looking through like the 90s early 2000s that's um, true it doesn't have even, to be that uh, old like, yeah right i was even thinking um maybe even like billy joel i feel like would still be a, a great one to see mm-hmm. uh and then i was like you know if i really had to have like a pipe dream of somebody i would love to see a biopic on bob seger ah uh, i think that would be really cool i yeah, I mean, it probably would be a good movie. I just that kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit because I'm such I'm so not a Bob Seger fan. Really, you're I not a Seger. Every fan? time he comes up on a Pandora station, it doesn't matter <laughs> who I make angry in the car. Bob Seger gets the down vote. Don't play on my station again. Oh my god, I I pick up my phone and I like delete my Bob Seger <laughs> Pandora station like specifically. Yeah, I'm no, just that's... I don't know and I don't can't specify exactly what it is. Actually, no, I take that back. I can. I think Bob Seger is overplayed a little bit. Really overplayed. And, Interesting. Interesting. And I'm just I'm just not a fan. So I mean okay. I won't okay. disagree with you that 
a, a movie on his life story wouldn't be interesting. But it's still just kind of, you'd have to really convince me to watch it. Like, I'm just not a Bob okay. Seger fan. All right. How about this? I I thought a lot about this last night, and I brought up way too many pipe dreams of <laughs> biopics. You got so, a, a, a list as long as a CVS receipt. Right. right. <laughs> CVS receipt. <laughs> $5 off your next Colgate purchase of 20 Um <laughs> so I would also really love to see Fleetwood Mac and I was talking to Michelle about this too but Fleetwood Mac would be hard because the band itself has changed so much it'd be hard to get so much on board and unpack the beginning to like what point do you call the end of the movie mm-hmm. yeah that I, I, so. that would be true as well I think uh, I guess now that we're sitting here talking about it I think uh well, shoot, they might have already done something similar. I don't remember. A Led Zeppelin biopic? Oh. Would be pretty good because yeah. those guys are super interesting in their each one each well, I mean it's mainly uh Robert Plant and uh Jimmy Page had such weird, interesting lives. I mean, Jimmy Page was super right. into Alistair Crowley, who was just a a weird guy actually he used to live in his house like an old Aleister Crowley mansion that he had built um really in they were all into like weird occult kind of stuff um which would be kind of an interesting totally different biopic than what we've seen before right um, right so that could be another cool one as well like Bruce Springsteen I'd watch that yeah you're a Springsteen guy I'm a whoa, whoa, whoa! I feel a little bit judged right here. I saw the way you, I saw the way your face looked. Yeah, not a. I appreciate I appreciate Springsteen. I mean, I mean, like I, I'm not one to like go out and like completely take a whole day to listen to Springsteen, but I appreciate some of his music. I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily dislike Bruce. Spr- I don't dislike him as much as Bob Seger. Oh, but, okay. Uh, All right. Yeah, I'm not a not a huge fan. Not a huge fan. C- CCR would be fun. CCR would be a fun one. I was just thinking yeah. John Fogarty. Oh, John Fogarty. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it would be John Fogarty, not just CCR, because John Fogarty is You're, everything. He had because such everything a, revolves around. He him. had such a big career outside of CCR too. Exactly. Um, exactly. Oh, you know who else I would pay big money for to see a biopic on? Jim Croce. Oh my, that'd be a short one, unfortunately. <laughs> For 30, 30 minutes long. Well, I mean, I'm not being like trying to be like insensitive about it, but I'm just saying it, yeah. it would be a little I, bit. He only, yeah, he only has like a couple albums, but still amazing. That would be a good one because he's, he had uh, the little bit that I know about him. I think he had a fairly interesting, pretty interesting life. Um, right. And unfortunately it, 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 that he did, you know, die when uh, very, very early into his, you know, his big musical career. Oh, yeah. It was nuts. I think it is. Yeah. only. There's a couple. There's like five or six albums out there, but he really only has like two albums and the rest are kind of like compilation or yep. found, quote unquote, found recording. Exactly. Albums. Yeah. I think I got two of them. I've got, well, actually th- three of them. I think I have two of his albums, but then one is like the Life and Times, which was like his his greatest hits, I guess. Gotcha. I, so pretty interesting. You should look for it. I don't have it actually on vinyl. I have it on my phone through iTunes, I believe. But it's an i it's an album that's old record like bar recordings. 
oh. of him. And okay, okay, I I know I've harped on it before where I don't like live recordings, but these ones aren't bad because it's a small venue. It's like a bar, so it's not okay. bad. Um, and right. they're interesting because it's it's all of his same music. There's a few others mixed in there, but it's all of his same music. But it sounds so much different because he's it's in such a different atmosphere. It's pretty neat. You should look it up. Right. That is kind of cool. I like it. Um, cool. So those are our pipe dreams. What will come, what will not come, we don't know. But uh, this episode is running a little bit long, so why don't we turn into the last part. And we're going to... So so what's going on here is that Ben and I both plucked three movies from our own personal archive of favorites that the other one has not watched. And so what we're going to do, each episode is going to be going back and forth between one movie. So one episode will be a movie I watched from Ben's archive. The next episode will be the first movie that Ben watched from my archive, so on and so on, until we both hit three and then we'll see kind of how that fares, and then we'll uh, twinkle these uh, kind of episodes throughout everything else. So, as in, like, we'll pick three more movies, go forward from there. So that's the plan. We thought it'd be fun to kind of expand each other's uh, genres of music that, uh, sorry, movies that we haven't seen. And so Ben knows me pretty good, so he has a probably, a, he thinks he knows two of them, but I think he only knows one. Okay, we'll see. Well, we shall see. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, let's read them off in the order that we want to watch them in. Oh so, boy. So, Ben. Okay, I have, pick your first movie. Well, if I don't have them listed as, I have no idea which one. It's more of a in no particular order kind of thing. That's what I got. Oh, okay. Well, do what? Which one do you want to talk about first? Just just pick one that you want to talk about first. That'll be the first movie that we watch, and that'll be the episode for next week. Right. Yes. Okay. All right. We're still going through it, all man? three, right? Right now, we're we're releasing all three of them. Uh, I I was gonna do your number one, mine, and then we'll go back and forth that way. Okay. Sounds, what do you want to do? Good. All all. What do you want to do? All three of yours, and then I'll do all three of mine. Nope, that's fine. Your way. I like I like your way. So number one on mine, a little bit out of the way. It's actually a remake. It's a 1982 movie, but it's actually a remake of a 19... Well, it's loosely based on the 1951 movie. So okay. this okay. is The Thing. The Thing. Re- uh, filmed in nice. 19... Or released in 1982, starring Kurt Russell, Keith David, and get this one, Wilford Brimley. No way. The Wilford di- Brimley. Diabetes. The Diabetes. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. See, I have seen this movie quite often, especially like when rental stores were still a thing. Um, it would be around all the time. Like, I feel like it's a pretty big cult classic. And I remember that there's like a PS2 video game about the thing. Really? I had no idea. Yeah. I, I thought yeah, that this movie a was a fairly obscure movie. I think it's like a cult classic for sure. Awesome. But okay. Well, I'm I guess sure that I have always liked this like and I'm going to have to rewatch a lot of these with you because it has been quite a while since I've watched them. Um, Absolutely. I plan to as well. Okay. And so, yeah, it's, I really, I guess I wasn't, I've always liked this movie, but I just was unaware that uh, it was actually a cult classic. Awesome. The thing that's the first one on the watch list. We'll be talking about that next week. Uh, okay. So first on my list. Hold on, maybe I'm I trying should, to decide. I should probably be writing these down. Right, <laughs> we should type them in the doc. Oh yeah, even better. 
<laughs> Were you like opening a new Word doc? <laughs> I was about to be. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So, all right. First one is Ben's The Thing. Gotcha. I'm definitely going to leave uh, the most predictable one to be last. So, all right. <laughs> first one here can like very much my wheelhouse, very much my my type of genre of movie. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm almost positive we've talked about it before is Interstellar with Matthew McConaughey, ah. Matt Damon. I know it's something that you've said you're super interested in, haven't seen yet, but it's a great, great movie. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. it's. I have been kind of wanting to watch that uh, when it first came out, and I just never got around to it. I just... I I like movies. I'm just not a sit-down-and-watch-a-movie kind of guy, so I kind of have to right. work towards, you know filling out the getting the free time to to sit down and watch a movie but uh uh, that one has been on pretty much top of the list to sit down and watch so that'll be that'll be a good one awesome man so we'll do that it's it's a great movie it's been a hot minute since i've watched it too so i'm excited to to watch it with you it's good all right so so my second choice and i think this is going to be the second choice but i think this one I think you're going to like it, but I think it's going to be most most out of your viewing comfort zone, I think. Okay. So we're going way back for this one. So this was uh, 1956's. Oh, my God. Forbidden Planet. Forbidden Planet. I, I, I didn't write down the years of these movies. Maybe I no, that's, should have. No, that's no big deal. I was doing it just for. You sound like you know what you're talking about. I was just doing it for dramatic effect. Uh, okay so that's of course starring Anne francis leslie nielsen and Hot damn. and walter pigeon a very young leslie nielsen all right not in I the like role it. you would be expecting right <laughs> i'm excited <laughs> forbidden planet awesome that's on the list I, i'm looking forward to that very good one i've seen it dozens of times awesome I, lo- I love that you're picking movies that you definitely, definitely enjoy. Like, these are some of your favorites. Yes. I'm, I'm a fan. All right. Which I did the same thing, too, obviously. Okay, so my next one, and I think this one is completely the curveball out of the field, because you and I were texting back and forth in terms of, like, hey, these people are in these movies, <laughs> yeah, kind, kind of, of giving a little teaser. Yep. So, so naturally, I texted back, and I was like, oh, yeah, I picked mine, and there's Bruce Willis and Al Pacino in there. And he's like, oh, well, easy peasy. I know what movies these are. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know whether to ask you, like, what movie do you think this is, but this is the Al Pacino movie. What movie do you think it was? It's definitely Scarface. Oh, is that most wrong? definitely not. Is it not? Wow! It is not Scarface. I love I love Scarface. I know you do. That's why I thought for sure you'd be I, choosing that. <laughs> and I was most definitely teeter tottering on that. And then I remembered. Oh wait, this one's amazing. I know Ben's gonna like it. So hold on, hold on, hold this on. This is another. Hold on here. Hold oh, on here. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Is it? Does it have anything to do with the mafia? No. Is it the one where he's blind? No. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I'm out of guesses. All right, so this is a 1975 movie starring Al Pacino called Dog Day Afternoon. Oh. Dog Day Afternoon. I, okay, I am familiar with the title, but I would never have guessed that in a million years. All right, so you're right. You got me. You're right. I could right. not have guessed at least one of them, yeah. I, I woke up this morning, and I was like, this is it. 
shoot i love this movie it's great <laughs> so pretty much the premise is it's actually based on real life events that actually happened so pretty much al pacino and then his partner they rob a bank to get money for his partner's sex change so <laughs> that's what it's all about and then everything kind of just like hits the fan and uh the movie plays out but it's great i love it and al pacino is fantastic in that movie. awesome so. very excited about that one yeah i think you're gonna like it quite a bit all right so last but not least and i will honestly say that i think this one of these three this one's my favorite seen this one oh my gosh a zillion times although it has been quite a while um this one is definitely a family favorite we'd watch it like at the dinner table while you know if it, it was on tv okay so 1973 the sting Oh, the Sting! I okay, I know what you're talking about. Yep, Paul Newman, I have, I have not seen Robert it. Redford, the amazing Robert Shaw, Eileen Brennan, oh, cool, a killer cast, uh, fantastic movie. I'm very excited for you to watch this one. Oh, I'm excited. That's cool. Yeah, Robert Redford's my jam. I like Robert Redford. He's yeah. awesome. Cool, amazing pick. I'm excited for that one. Um, all right, and then this last one is probably pretty pretty predictable, but. I've talked about it so much. I love it so much. And each time it comes up, you know what I'm talking about. But time for you to get on board, my friend. The last movie we're going to watch on this endeavor, our first take on this movie endeavor, is The Fifth Element, starring Bruce Willis, yep. 1997, Mia Jakonovic, and you're going to love it. It's great. Awesome. We got I, that sci-fi thriller. That's the one that I knew when we first even started about this topic. Like we hadn't even come up with movies yet. I I actually called Nolan on the way home from work one day to give him this show idea, um, and I knew right from like that conversation <laughs> that you're going to be choosing the Fifth Element. <laughs> and I I don't know if you're on the show notes, but I'm typing out the list here, and I already had the Fifth Element before you even. Oh, you did? Yeah. I had no idea. I didn't even look. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. You know me so well. Yeah. But but I think I think it's a movie you're going to enjoy because like the movie definitely doesn't take itself like too seriously because there are a lot of like just funny weird quirky parts of it i mean chris tucker's in it so i mean you can't take too much <laughs> <laughs> too much at face value yeah but there's also gary oldman he's very very good so i think i think you'll enjoy it i think so too it's a movie that's kind of been on my boy i really need to watch this for a long time i've seen it <laughs> on tv before like flipping through the channels and I'm like i'll stop on it for a few minutes i'm like uh, it's just like, it's a movie that I would want to sit down and watch and not have to suffer through it, watching it on TV with commercials. Right. Um, right. And so that's, that's good that I'm finally going to be sitting down to watch this. Awesome. And and I do love the music. The music is very unique and weird as well, but it definitely fits the tone of, of the movie. So awesome. well, that's it. So running down, we got the thing kicking off next week. Interstellar after that forbidden planet Dog Day Afternoon, The Sting, and we'll end with The Fifth Element. Take a break for a couple episodes, pick three three new movies, and we'll keep on going. Yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be good. Like I, I'm excited to watch the ones that you get, got for me, and I'm also excited to, for you to watch uh, my movies. Uh, and I think we definitely chose movies for each other that are not in our normal watching range and i think that's going to be really good i think what did i 
I chose one movie that was made after 1980. <laughs> right, right. Um, right. But uh, and I think I I only have one one particular vintage film, I guess, which is Dog Day Afternoon. But right. Yeah, this is going to be good. This is going to be a good one. I think so too. I love it. All right, man. What do you think? Should we call it? We're already after an hour. We've kept them long enough. Yeah, this went from a what I was expecting to be a relatively short show and turned into probably one of our longest shows, aside from our hundredth yes. episode. Right, which was well worth it. But that's okay. I love it. Here we are, getting excited, getting pumped for the next few episodes ahead. Thank you all so much for joining us. As always, if you like what you hear, give us an email, youngnostalgiapod at gmail dot com for so suggestions as well as movie suggestions if there's anything that you're hyped about hearing from us in terms of these movies let us know give us an email at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com as well as movie suggestions for the future that we might not have watched uh if you like listening give us a kind review if you would please take a couple minutes out of your day let us know what you think give us a five-star review on itunes apple Podcasts. well that's the same thing google play stitcher spotify we're out there thank you all so much ben anything else big guy no i think that was uh a a good show definitely uh definitely picked apart and had some good discussions on the uh the topic of rocket man as well as had a great time talking about our next couple episodes and our movie topics absolutely man can't wait as we oh wait 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 okay there we go i was about to say like as we always say Young Nostalgia, but now this is actually for true. As we always say here on Young Nostalgia, keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>